What's up, world? Welcome to another Ankle Biters podcast where we talk college football from a college fantasy football perspective. I am your host, indeed, Tony, a.k.a. Farnsworth, and you know I'm joined by my man, 100 Grand Owens. What's going on, baby? Bruh, what's happening, man? I am... uh... I'm still frustrated, man. It's been two weeks of just frustration. Yes. And three. Uh, I'm mad. Three. Yeah, three. I'm mad. Dude. I'm still mad. I'm just I'm just mad. Yeah, I understand. I feel your pain as soon as fan. We'll get into that. But there is something to be excited about, uber excited about, right. super duper excited about. We've got my man. Because it is special guest month, October, with the Ankle Biters podcast is always special guest month. And we bring one of the OGs in to join us and to to give us some of that expertise, some of those things that that, that he's always uh, representing the college fantasy football community with so beautifully with. We've got OG in here, John Skull. Skull, John, I'm just messing it up. I'm so mad. (laughs) I'm just messing. John Love, the gridiron star. I know his name. I know yeah, his name. Right. With him. And we've had him. This is the third season we've had him on, and he's been wonderful every season. Mr. Love, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I seem to be one of the only people in the college universe who's enjoying the season right now. Maybe it's because I won a little DFS cash yesterday. Maybe That's my Huskies are three and four. Jim Mora has turned them around, baby. <laughs> I, I'm not saying we're great, but you know what? We're competitive, and that's that's a baby step in the right direction. So I've been enjoying this season. You know, I'm ready to talk. Uh, action-packed 12 hours to the wall yesterday of good <laughs> football, man. I was right there with you. Let me give you your formal introduction right there because this is, again, one of the OGs in the community He's been doing this, Owens and I have been doing this for 17 years, not on Twitter, but our home league at least for 17 years. And Mr. Love has been doing it just as long, or longer. I think you've been doing it like 20 years, right, PFS? Uh, I think it's 15. I think you guys might have beat me by one or two years. Okay. But, yeah, we've been doing it a long, long time now. Absolutely, man. But, yeah, one of the OGs, one of the best representatives of the community, he articulates the – the uh the, the the joy that CFF brings out of us so well he articulate articulates that so well listen man I'm so messed up because I was at the game we'll get to it we'll get to it man let's just talk about yes yes I was there let's let's just go ahead and, and, and just jump into our week six week six recap uh, because things are as bad as they seem. Yes, <laughs> they, they always are. say things are not as bad as they seem. My uncle they used are. to tell me that all the time. But, yes, they are right now. <laughs> they are as bad as they seem. They are exactly what they look like. <laughs> so let's just start off with TCU and Kansas, two undefeated teams in the Big 12. I believe it was number one, Kansas. I, I'm not sure about the position of TCU as far as the Big 12 rankings. But this was a good game as we thought it would be. Kansas, unfortunately, lost their quarterback, starting quarterback in the game. Jason Bean, who is who is very seasoned, uh, came uh, come in and didn't look bad at all. Didn't look bad at all, but it wasn't enough 
to fend the Horn Frogs off. TCU gets the win up in Lawrence. What do you guys think about this matchup? I thought Jason Bean looked very good. For those of us who remember in COVID, he got the job at North Texas. And, you know, he was kind of like your sleeper quarterback. He's your dual threat guy. He's got a much better arm than people give him credit for. I always thought he has a power five arm. But, you know, he he kind of forces the ball at times. I think he, he has some lapses in consistency. <clears throat> but to come off the bench... You know, and keep Kansas. They tied it up at 31-31, right? They yeah. were down. He threw for four touchdowns. He did have one interception. So I'm hopeful that Bean is good enough at least to keep the Jayhawks offense mm-hmm. moving in the right direction. You know, he's the perfect type of backup. I would like to see him get Devin Neal more involved in the game. He only had 15 carries yesterday. I don't know why they take the, – like. I don't get it. Like, they go, like, two series without him touching the ball sometimes. I don't really understand what they're doing because he's so explosive. But, yeah, I was very happy with the way the Jayhawks played. I agree. I agree. I hate to see that that, that Daniels went down like that. I would love to see how that game would have finished had he continued because, I mean, his legs, man, he's so athletic, man. He's just – and with him at at the leadership, you know, quarterback position, and it seemed like his team seemed like they respond different or they react different. They believe in him, you know, like he's their Superman, so to speak, you know. So um, I would have loved to see him, you know, finish the game, how the outcome would have been had had he been able to finish the game. But, yeah, that was a really good game, man. Yeah. You pulls it out, man. That was, that was a shocker to me. I actually picked Kansas in that game. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, we had Brandon Sanders. Shout out to Brandon Sanders. We had him on last week, and Owens and Brandon both picked Kansas, and I just – I had the hunch to pick TCU. But the, the, the crazy thing about it is Kansas outgained TCU. They outgained him by almost 100 yards. I mean, they, they, they had the better running game in the end. Turnovers were the same. So, I, I mean, it was just crazy how this game ended up in, in the hands of TCU to get the victory. I mean – Devin Neal and Kendra Miller both looking the same with 88 yards. Kendra Miller gets the touchdown. And like Lob said, um, Bean played well. He had four passing touchdowns, guys. Right. He looked good. I mean, I watched about 90% of that game. You know, you flip a little bit stations. But that game kept me glued. The crowd was fascinating. ESPN game day was there, so it got me fired up for it. And I have to admit, you know what? I took the bullet. For the entire CFF community, because I said to bench Quentin Johnson, and I benched him on all my teams, and you know what? He went off, so the CFF world owes me, because I have been (laughs) sick of the man, but did he ball out? Which is like, what took so long? We knew the talent was there. He was playing beyond awful. They got the ball in his hands. They let the young man make plays. You see how superior athletically he is yes. at 6'4", 215. But yeah. you know what, gentlemen? One thing. I wonder if he's just a slot receiver. I mm. wonder if he's not a boundary guy. Because a lot of those big games, those big plays, came out of the slot. Mm. Maybe he needs more open field where he can use his athleticism. I'm not sure. It seemed like they changed the routes and how they got him open, but it worked. 
So that's ultimately Man. what we care about. It could be the quarterback play with Max Duggan not being able to see and handle what he's reading out there at the on the on the outside. You know, yes. the slot being in the middle, coming across the field, coming across the middle of the field, that he they may be more comfortable, um, um, you know, uh, distributing the ball in the middle. But yeah, Quentin Johnston, man, fourteen catches, two hundred and six yards. No other receiver had more than two catches. <laughs> no one. Yeah. No one had more than two catches. This guy dominated the the football and, and dominated the the share of, of of catches there. And um, you said you, I mean, you told people to sit him. I threw him in the trash weeks ago. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> I threw him in the trash weeks ago because we, I mean, we, we saw it. They were not trying to get this guy involved. It was either either they were they weren't or they couldn't. But either way, he wasn't involved. Yeah, there right. were actually there were actually times where you'd see him on the sideline. Like right. they, they got the ball on third and seven, and he's on the sideline. I'm like, what is going on around here? I mean, we knew he had the talent, and you know it was amazing. When you saw him catch the ball, those Jayhawk defenders, some of them weren't even in the screen, and they looked <laughs> so much smaller than him. Yes. Like, you know, when you're around huge athletes at this type of level, you don't usually see very many men tower over other people. Right. Johnson just looked bigger, badder, faster than everyone in the Jayhawk secondary. Absolutely. A man amongst boys. And Owens, I, I, I want to co-sign what you said. You said that you would like to have seen what this game would have been like had their star quarterback remained in the game. Man, that listen, Kansas may have pulled it out. I mean, we'll we'll never know. But that's a that's that's a very interesting take uh on the game. Uh Utah UCLA, this game didn't go anything like I thought it would. <laughs> I mean, didn't go anything like I thought. I thought Utah would dominate on defense. I thought that they would give DTR problems. None of this happened. I thought that they would shut Charbonnet down. That didn't happen either. You know what I was most impressed by? UCLA punched harder and more often than Utah. And I I wanted to take UCLA as a nice small bet. Because they were a home underdog, and I love home underdogs in college football, right? But when I looked at the matchup and, like, the total defense and just saw how Utah played against Florida and how they stopped people, I just really thought that UCLA wasn't going to be able to withstand 60 minutes of power football. But you know what? Chip Kelly got that offensive line fired up. DTR kept his head in the game. Zach Charbonnet hit some people, 198 yards rushing. I did not think the Bruins had the physicality in them, but they played a physical, and I think Utah was stunned at the physical nature of UCLA because I can't – even Florida didn't beat Utah up physically. They eventually – you know, Anthony Richardson made some plays athletically, but Utah to get smacked in the mouth like that, that right. was an impressive game by UCLA. Owens, this is what you call body blows. <laughs> yes. 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 I remember watching game day yesterday morning, and some of the commentators were saying how they were picking UCLA. And they was talking about some of the different ways that Chip Kelly liked to get Charbonnet the ball. Um, they run it. They run it. Start, I guess their offensive run plays were a little different. They were kind of speaking on um, – 
they like DTR, they like this offense and how, you know, maybe UCLA can make a statement that they're the new top dog, you know what I'm saying, the Pac-12 and this and that. I'm listening to them, they're talking. I'm like, are you serious? Are you talking about UCLA beating Utah? Like, come on, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm thinking like, come on, Utah normally dominate this game, you know? And watching it last night, it was like, oh, my gosh, man, Charbonnet is like ripping Utah a new one. Like, y'all can't stop this guy. And then DTR, DTR, man, he's one of the quarterbacks that I just, for years, I just thought he was so inconsistent. But he has turned the corner this year, man. He is like, he got the offense in control, man, in his hands, man. And for him to do this to Utah, I was very impressed. Very impressed. I will say this. I kept waiting for DTR to make that mistake that he has in the exactly, past. Right? Exactly. And, and I've seen the last two weeks, the entire UCLA game, because I, I had him as an underdog. That one I won. Um, Who did they beat? Washington two weeks yeah. ago, right? That yeah. Friday night game. DTR is playing great football. He yes. has not played this well. He, right. He's gotten away with his, his just – Athleticism is his dual threat capacity. Now he's playing intellectually smart football. He's much better this year than he's been. And I'm yes. telling you, I, I can't wait for the Charbonnet to debate because I think the NFL is going to like Charbonnet more than the Twitter universe is going to. He mm. is a power back. He's a one cut and go. Mm-hmm. But if you give that man a lane, you get him outside the tackle. He, he is gone, man. Gone, I mean, man. there's not a lot of wiggle. It's not going to make a lot of people miss. But, mm-hmm. man, there's a role for him in the NFL. Absolutely, man. DTR, guys, he's controlling the game. Yes. yes. And he's not letting the game control him. He was 18 of 23. Woo. 18 of 23. Just, just keep that in mind. 18 of 23. Passing four touchdowns in the game. He was awesome in that game. Owens, um, this game, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. What you <laughs> think about this game, man? I actually thought, watching this game, that Texas Tech was going to pull off the upset. I mean, they go, like. they go into halftime with a four-point lead. And I'm thinking, man, you know, this they're on a third quarterback now. Morton come in, yeah. you know, and he's throwing this ball all over the field, man. <laughs> he was sixty-two he was, attempts. Yeah, sixty-two attempts. He was using his legs. He was he was running the ball on Columbus State's def- defense. He was throwing on their defense. I'm thinking, man, and Texas Tech was playing some good defense. Like this game is good. Like this is a good game. I think they just pulled this upset. Like I said, they had a four-point lead at halftime. Oklahoma State comes out, outscores them 14 to 7 in the third quarter. And this fourth quarter was a grind, man. They had a three-point lead for the whole fourth quarter, man. It was like a grind back and forth. Defenses started bucking up a little bit. Like, I'm like, who's gonna win this game? Like, is, is Texas State they still got a chance to put off the upset? And it wasn't until just under two and a half minutes left, Richardson. Scores a touchdown, which was a it was a crazy run because the guy was he goes to the end zone off his feet. <laughs> they pretty much carried him into the end zone, <laughs> and it was like I said under two under two and a half minutes left of the game, and it was like 
that was a deciding factor, man. They went Oklahoma State wins, pulls it off, wins by ten. That was an awesome game, though, man. I actually thought Texas Tech was going to win it all, so it's going to pull off the upset. That's going to look like some interesting storylines in this game. But Baron Morton, you mentioned that Donovan Smith. I think I saw something. I heard something about him taking reps at wide receiver. Or something like that. That was really, really weird what they're doing with their quarterbacks. Of course, Chuck is still hurt. He's supposed to be back any moment now. So right. I don't know how they feel about their quarterbacks. <laughs> Chuck can stay on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he may need to. I'm because- done with Chuck. Throws <laughs> <laughs> that sucker 62 times in this game. But Spencer Sanders, man, we just got through talking about Utah. Spencer Sanders and, and, um, Cameron Rising, are they one in the same? Because they vulture touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Because Cameron Rising's vulturing touchdowns from Tavion Thomas. And, and Spencer Sanders doing the same thing to Dominique Richardson. I mean, it, it, it almost seems like they're one in the same. Oh, just dropping his head in disgust because he has both of those guys. <laughs> he has uh, – well, no, he, he, he doesn't have Tavion. He has – uh, Dominique Richardson, and he had him in the game against me. And the guy, Spencer Sanders, was doing everything I wanted him to do was just, you know, eat up all the goal line touchdowns. That's exactly what I needed him to do. But hey, that was a wonderful game. Well, I think we learned. Look, if when you have quarterbacks who've started anywhere from twenty-five to thirty career games, Sanders, Knicks, Rising. Uh And then they get with an offensive system that will allow them to be productive. Yeah. Fantasy gold late in a career. I mean, I know I picked up Spencer Sanders on the waiver wire week one. I wrote about Bo Nix off the waiver wire. You know, no one was drafting him. Cameron Rising was a little bit more drafted because he was good in the Rose Bowl. People knew who he was. But Spencer Sanders has been unbelievable. I mean, this is bringing back the Big 12 of 2017 we got quarterbacks mm. we got 40 point games yeah. if you're not putting up a 40 spot you're probably not winning a, a game in the big 12 you gotta have your quarterbacks being productive they gotta move the offense it, it's really i've i've been enjoying big 12 football but yes they all vulture touchdowns from their running backs yes translation uh for fantasy purposes big 12 stop trying to play defense Yes! We like it when you score. We like it when you score. Hey, can't you see we're trying to win fantasy games here? Pay Pay attention to what's going on. John Lopp, Western Kentucky, um, UTSA. This game last year, offensive explosion. Yeah. This year, it seems like these guys were kind of, you know, like two boxes. They're trying to fill each other out, trying to fill each other out. Nobody wants to get caught. And so they're real cautious and they're holding everything close to the vest. That seems like that. I mean, I was I was looking for this game to be in the upper 70s as far as the over under. And it didn't it didn't it didn't get close to that. But it was still a good game. Very entertaining between these two offenses. Uh, Frank Harris is having a wonderful season. Austin Reed has come on strong in this new offense. Wide receivers all over the place. Mr. Lopp, what do you think about this game, sir? Well, first, these quarterbacks. I really enjoyed this game. Austin Reed is the number two college fantasy football quarterback this year. Frank Harris is the number three college fantasy football. They've made all of their receivers. Look at it. Zakari Franklin. 
DeCorian Clark, um, Josh, Joshua Cephas, um, Corley, Malachi Corley, Devonta Davis. All of these receivers are good because of the systems and the quarterbacks. I'm a huge fan of Frank Harris. I got him on three of my season-long teams. I only got one team with Reed because it was fab, and I wasn't I wasn't willing to spend like 80% of my fab week zero on a quarterback. I mean, he went for so much money. I mean, hey, it's worked, so the people who picked him up, it's been beneficial to them. But I'll say this. It's interesting because I have three best bets every week on um, the show that I do, CFF Weekly with Matt Hitz. I took the under, Tony, and here's why. And I wanted fantasy goodness, and we got it. But I took the under. 72 and a half is a lot of points. And I said, you had Austin Reed, who has not played a big game on the road. And you were right. I think both offenses were getting to know each other a little bit. You know, we don't want to turn the ball over. We don't want to track meet. I think both teams wait because it picked up. I was a little worried that they might get there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they did pick up in the yeah. end. Absolutely. They did, but it took them too long. And when, when, to me, when you have young quarterbacks on the road, you know, this isn't Patrick Mahomes and um, Robert Griffin, right? When they're in their great seasons. Austin Reed's never played at this kind of atmosphere. And if you watch UTSA at any time, they are raucous at home, man. They have that little tight stadium. It gets loud there. They, I mean, so I, I felt that Reed might have some problems. Hey, he threw for 373 yards, but he only had two touchdowns. I really enjoyed the game. I won on the under, so I was happy with that too. Good, yeah, that was a wonderful game, man. Uh, UTSA pulls it out there. Um, yeah, Reed. He had. I mean, he had. He had a good game. Just wasn't enough to overcome UTSA. They ended up. Uh, holding the ball. <laughs> yes. yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't get him off the field, so they got that 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 eluding first down that they needed to kind of run the clock out. But that was a wonderful game right there. Moving right along to Bama A and M, everything surrounding this game, all the off the field narratives that involve this game, the uh, preseason stuff between uh, Saban and. Jimbo Fisher, he's cheating. He's paying his players. That's how we got all those recruits there. And then uh, uh, Jimbo Fisher fires back, you know, check his records and all this and that. And so we had our eyes glued to this game because of that and that only. We knew Alabama was going to win. I thought Alabama would blow the doors off. Me too. But the consistent thing this year with Alabama has been a little bit of struggle. They, they You know, they kind of got loose – last week against Arkansas, but prior to that, they had struggled with people. They struggled with Texas. They struggled with some other opponents, and they didn't look like the dominating Bama offense and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that we have come to know over the past few years. Right. And Jimbo Fisher, you know, they can't move the ball, but they play pretty good defense. And so this game here between the Crimson Tide and the Aggies, it was it, it it wasn't what I thought it would be. I thought again, I thought Alabama would run away with this thing. But again, I didn't know Bryce Young's uh availability. Of mm -hmm. course, he didn't play. Jalen mm -hmm. Muro, I thought would be enough to even do that, but that's not the case. They win a close one in this battle between, you know, between these two feuding coaches. What do you guys think about this game? I think that 
Man, I I think Milrow, man, is is a good quarterback. I don't think that uh obviously he's not the passer that that um Bryce Young Bryce Young is, but he's more athletic. Uh they they was comparing him to uh, uh my guy, man, Jackson, Lamar Jackson. They was comparing mm-hmm. him to Lamar Jackson uh in the spring, talking about how you know how elusive he is and everything, but he, he did throw three touchdowns. He had an interception. Not a whole lot of yards, only 111 yards in this game. Um, he rushed for 83 yards on the ground. Um, I, I was, I'm was i with you. I thought I thought uh, Alabama was going to blow any amount. I actually said on the podcast last week, um, I was actually shocked how close this game was. Alabama did not even score a point in the fourth quarter, which is shocking. Um, mm-hmm. Gibbs did his thing. I mean, 21 carries for 154 yards. Um they got the ground game running. But, man, I, I cannot believe this game was this close, man, at all. Uh, Alabama is still looking for that number one receiver, man. <laughs> have, have not got that guy yet, man. But And this was at home. This was this in was Tuscaloosa. Home. Right, right. Yeah. They win by four points, man, against Texas A&M. That's a shocker to me, man. What you think, Lob? Well, it's, it's clear that Alabama doesn't have that Henry Ruggs, the Jamison Williams, they don't have the guy who can take the top off of the secondary, which clears it out for the underneath, and it clears out for the running backs in the short game. Um, Milrow, I think he's a nice young talent, but he wasn't ready for the big stage. He's just not ready. I mean, we've seen Bryce Young, who came in last year, took the reins after, you know, Matt, Matt um, uh, the guy in the Patriots, right? Matt Jones, right? And to come in and keep that offense clicking like he did and win the Heisman was incredible. This is the first time where we've gotten used to plug and play for Nick Saban. They And it just isn't happening. He's kind of going through normal growing pains that other programs go through right now. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Right? yes. Excellent way to put that. The amazing thing is he's still 6-0. But they're not blowing people out. Jameer Gibbs is, I mean, I'll take out Bryce Young. He's obviously the MVP. But Jameer Gibbs is the only guy they can count on to make a play when they need one. Bryce Young can't do everything. And we saw it. Remember when they lost to Georgia in the championship game? Williamson was out. And then um, who's the other wide receiver? He got hurt in that game. Mechie. John Yeah, Mechie. John Mechie. Once those two young men went down, Georgia just killed them. And I, I kind of feel like we're in the same boat right now. There's just no one to really help them. And that's why these games are close for Alabama. Absolutely, man. They've got tons of talent. It's just undeveloped right now. It's, it's I mean, because they got wide receivers out the wazoo. But they're but all it's just, good, not they're, great. Yeah, right. They're just, yeah. uh, I, I think they're young and underdeveloped or undeveloped. Right now, and like you said, well, I mean, that was beautifully said. That they're 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 experiencing things that other teams experience when they go through that period of, you know, we're not as good as we were. You know, now we've got to develop some guys because they were used to reloading. Right. Literally, I I just they were used to reloading. Yeah. A Heisman candidate, first round draft pick after first round draft pick. And then Jamison Williams fell in their lap. Last year, out of Ohio State, they get a burner 
from Louisville, but the guy can't stay healthy. The kid can't stay healthy. Tyler Harrell, he's a burner, but he can't stay healthy, so they don't have that deep threat to kind of stretch the defense and put stress on the back end of the defense right now, and so everything is up close. And so I think I think they're kind of weaving their way and, and, and kind of finding their identity and what they're going to be moving forward. OU in Texas. Oh, my gosh. Oh, baby. Owens. Oh, We're Sooner fans, and everyone knows this. I was at the game, my first Texas OU, OU Texas game, and the experience was wonderful because the Cotton Bowl is inside the Texas State Fair. Wonderful. They got every fried thing you can think of there. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot more entertainment outside of the stadium than it was in the stadium. It was a beautiful day. We had wonderful seats. We were kind of in the shade a little bit. We had a nice, cool breeze, my wife and I. But then the game started. And all of that stuff, the food and the atmosphere and the shade, meant nothing to me. It was like brass under my feet and iron over my head. It was nothing to me. It was horrible. Listen, I don't know what I was looking at on offense. Wildcat with your tight end. <laughs> You're putting your backup quarterback out at wide receiver. You won't play your other wide receiver. Oh, your, 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 your other quarterbacks, excuse me. Why do you – I mean – there's so many things. There's so many different variables that's causing so many levels of frustration right now. Listen, I need some answers. What did I tell you last week? I told you, Bevels, he stinks. He's horrible. What did I tell you last? The guy take five, six steps and he ain't went nowhere. But I tell you that last, oh, tell you last we week. We knew this. We knew this. I know, but it don't seem like, like Levy know it. I mean, I saw I saw Bevel pull that ball out the belly of gray. Yes. And go to take off. And yes. he took four steps and was still behind the line of scrimmage. And went two yards. <laughs> no, I'm thinking you need. You need two yards for the first down, and you take three, four steps, and you still behind the line of scrimmage. You can't get you, there. You can't get there. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, thirty-eight is, passing yards on the day, Owens. This is dude. Oklahoma football. Thirty-eight passing yards. Has thirty-eight passing yards. They had thirty-nine as a whole team. And gentlemen, a pick. gentlemen, they didn't score a. Point. A single point. This is the Oklahoma Sooners, and they didn't put a point in the biggest game. I mean, is there a bigger game for no. Oklahoma than Texas? No, that's not. They, that's not. That that, is you can't describe. Hey, I, 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 I'm in the Northeast, so I don't. You know, I, I see it on TV, right? The Red River rivalry, but you can't score zero in that type of game garbage time give me two touchdowns right like give me something something a safety or something get on the board get on that, the board that's embarrassing I, I that's embarrassing why you keep running the same quarterback out on the field 
who cannot throw Where's the ball. Where's Nick Evers? Was he disabled? He he had a throw. He threw one pop. He threw one pass. That was late. I'm, I I just, I don't get it. You have several quarterbacks to choose from. If this quarter, I mean, most coaches say, "All right, this quarterback ain't working. I'm gonna bring this other guy in. I'm gonna try him. If he ain't working, I'm gonna bring another." I mean, you you kept running bevels on the field. Like, what is this? And then you're like, "All right, he ain't going. I'm, I'm gonna bring my tight end. I'm gonna use my tight end. We're gonna play some wildcat." You had Eric Gray throw an interception. What is this? But Bevel was still out there, though. How bad was that Eric Gray interception, dude? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yes. Bevel was still lining up. So it was basically 11 on 10 because they knew good and well they weren't doing anything with Davis Bevel. So the corner that was hanging out out there wasn't even looking at him. Listen, I was there. He wasn't even looking at him. I saw a post yesterday that says, husbands should be as faithful to their wives as Lebby was to to Bevel. <laughs> that just that oh yes. that's cold. <laughs> you should be as faithful to your wife as Je- as Jess- Jeff Levy oh, was. Oh my god. To Bevel. Cold. No. I don't understand it. Let's move on for my blood pressure begins to boil. Re- week 7 preview. Can I just say one thing? Yes, go ahead, sir. Quinn Ewers is the real deal. He He's looked more like athletic yesterday. than I thought. Yes. His arm is incredible. Yes. He he's the real deal. He I, I'm he blew me away. I knew he was good. Yeah. I was, you know, concerned. We didn't see it. You know, he wasn't getting on the field. But man, that young man can play. He he's an impressive quarterback. Absolutely, man. He he definitely had some guys running wide open yesterday. That oh, always helped. That <laughs> always helps. <laughs> 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 Week seven preview. We've got Michigan and Penn State. The battle of the undefeateds continue in week seven. Michigan's got this running game. What's what's the deal with Donovan Edwards and all that situation there? Penn State coming off a of bye week. This is going to be a clash right here, guys. Who you got in this game? What do you think about it? I I go defense in big games in general. If you're, you know, when I'm looking to bet, I have a defensive-minded team at home in the big house. The Penn State has one advantage. Sean Clifford is an upperclassman. So he's been in big games, you know, Ohio State, Michigan. So I don't think the atmosphere will get to him. But I don't think Penn State has enough playmakers around him to help him score enough. Yes. And we know Michigan – wants to have this game between the hash marks. They're going to line up that offensive line. They're just going to punch you and punch yeah. you and run quorum. Yeah. And now they're now they got a little bit over the top with McCarthy, JJ there. They don't need a lot. They don't need a lot. They just need you to bring that safety up a yard or two. Right. And you know, Cornelius Johnson and Ronnie Bell, is it Ronnie Bell or yeah, I think it's Ronnie Bell. Yeah, it's it, Ronnie Bell. Yeah. They can just make enough plays. That's all they got to do. And then, you know, Quorum gets out on the screen passes. I like Michigan here. I don't want to give the hook. I notice right now it's minus seven. I don't want to give that seven and a half. But, um, you know, I do like Michigan here. Wonderful. Yeah, they want to do enough in the passing game to just keep you honest. Yes, yes that's it. That's not their focal point. Their focal point is running the ball and play defense, but they will get behind you. 
if you start to creep up a little bit too much. So, Owens, yes. man, what, what say you, sir? I mean, I agree with Lob, man. I think karma's going to be a little bit too much for him, man. That, that guy, Arlene, is a little inch, and he's going to squeeze through it, man. He just knows how to move his body, man. He knows how to get through those tight spaces, man. And when he gets to that out, out in the open space, you can kiss it. You can kiss him goodbye, man. He's gone, man. The it, guy is amazing, man. He's his amazing. vision. His vision is, is awesome. Great, yes. dude. At yes. all levels. He has yes. that, you know, he has the vision when the line is all compact and tight. But yes. then when he breaks through, he, he knows where the safeties are. And he right. knows where oh, my God. He has second level vision. Yes. I'm just saying one thing. If he's 200 pounds, he's got to be more than 200 pounds to mm-hmm. get that NFL draft capital. That's my yeah. like. If I don't care if he's five eight, I don't care about that. If he's five eight and 204, oh, I'll take it. I just I gotta know what his true weight is because he looks small, but I don't care if he has the weight on him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, he does a good job at, at what they call getting skinny. Oh, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, yes. He does he does he, he he does a wonderful job with that. He's a very exciting player to watch, man. You got to yes. keep your eye on him. I think he I think he has a big game and I think Penn State goes down. Michigan's got this game at home. So this is this is in the big house. And yeah. so I'm going to go with Michigan like John Lobb said there's there's not enough there on the Penn State offensive side of the football to keep Michigan from uh, stacking that box. Sure, Sean Clifford is the upperclassman, but I don't think he has enough weaponry and in, in, in his arsenal to, to, to keep Michigan honest. NC State and Syracuse, this game may seem boring, but these guys, both teams are good. Yes, you know, they are. Both teams are good. NC State plays pretty good defense. Syracuse, surprisingly, also plays pretty good defense. Um, which one gives here? You've got two different, very different styles of offense there. Um, what does the running game for Syracuse look like? Because NC State seems to be pretty stingy when it comes to the running game. Uh, what does Garrett Schrader do in this game? Do they make him a pocket passer? And can he pass that test if they so, you know what I mean? If they, if they do it, what does Devin Leary look like in this game? With the way they like to run their offense, what do you guys think about this game? I think Schrader is going to have to use his legs in this game. Um, I think but, I think he's going to be. Do, the, they, do they prevent him from doing that and make him a pocket passer? I don't think. I don't think. I mean, NC State has a really good defense. Like if, when they play uh, Clemson, um, they did a good job on, on Shipley. Um, they made. Uh, DJU, uh, you know, a passer. But Schrader is a much better runner than DJU. He's faster, uh, more lucid. Um, I think they shut down Tucker. I think they pay attention to Tucker. I think Schrader uses more of his legs. I think he's going to have to. He's going to try to open it up in the passing game. Um, And if he shows that he could pass early, I think NC State gonna have to try to take that away from him, and it's gonna open up Schrader using his legs. I think he's gonna need to. Schrader quietly, Owen Schrader quietly has ten touchdowns and only one interception. Right, right. He's a he's a way better passer this year than than he was last year. I mean, it's not even close. The work of Robert and I 
That's it's Robert and with him. Yes. Love what you think, sir. Yeah, you know, you hit it. Look at what Robert and I did with Brendan Armstrong. I'm going to talk about Armstrong later. And look at Armstrong <laughs> now. Oh, oh, that's my what gosh. I'm going to talk about, right? <laughs> so Anai has made Schrader, who I think he completed like 51% of his passes last year, which is at the college level. I'm just going to be kind. That's pathetic. Like, that is <laughs> that is awful. So right. he has made Schrader a competent. And I saw Schrader live against UConn. And I'll tell you what was most impressive. And I've seen four Syracuse games because they were on TV a lot early in the season. I'm on like Friday nights, week zero. I was, you know, um, checking out um, Tucker, the running back. Schrader can throw the ball competently down the middle of the field between the hash marks. Um, I don't think he can get the ball outside the hash marks 15 yards down the field, but they don't care. They don't ask him to do that. Or they roll him out and he can zip it to the sideline. Right. They made him a competent quarterback. I was really impressed with his arm strength live. Now, I looked it up. NC State, when they played Clemson, DJU had 73 yards rushing. Shipley had 60 yards rushing. Syracuse wants to win this game. They That's 133 combined yards. Mm-hmm. Syracuse has got to run for that at least to beat North Carolina State. Now, you mentioned it. Is Larry healthy? I think that's the whole thing right now. We don't know this early. If Larry's healthy, I think NC State's going to be in this game. If he's not, good luck. You're not going to go into Syracuse and win this game without Larry. Yeah. That's wonderful. Owens, what you got? Yeah, I think Syracuse pulls it out, man. I do. I think I think it's going to be, like I said earlier, I think it's going to be on the legs of Schrader. I think he's going to use a lot of – he's going to use his legs a lot in this game. I think he's going to be the X factor in this game. I think Syracuse pulls it out. Absolutely. Guys, we've got a doozy down in the SEC. Baby. Yeah, Alabama and Tennessee. Tennessee okay. coming off of a, a, a complete stomping of LSU – and and drowning them in their sorrows, so to speak. <laughs> but they get Alabama, who is again, they're not the Bama of old. They're not the Bama, actually, not even Bama of recent history. So Tennessee, they might have a chance in this game with this with this passing attack. I want to know the status of Cedric Tillman mm-hmm. um, because I think. I think that changes a lot if he's able to go in this game. Of certainly, certainly Jalen Hyatt has the speed, and Brew McCoy is a nice possession receiver with the with the, with the size that he that he has. But man, this is going to be a wonderful game between the Crimson Tide and the Volunteers. Tennessee gets this game at home. They're seven point dogs against the Crimson Tide. What do you guys think about this one? Bryce Young's availability, all of these things surrounding this big game. I'm picking an upset. Oh, snap. oh. I'm picking an upset. I'm I'm picking I'm rolling with Tennessee. Oh, snap. Yeah, man. I, I it's scared. The way Alabama played last week, I I I'm gonna put it like this. If Bryce Young is available, that's gonna make the difference. I think I think Alabama may pull it off. If Bryce Young is not available, T 
Tennessee's going to win this game. That simple, huh? I believe so. I like it. Short and sweet, Mr. Lob. My friend, I completely agree with you. I think Tennessee's going to Whoa. win this game if Bryce Young is in it or not. Whoa. I, Whoa. I, I'm taking it seven and a half. I'm taking the hook with the volunteers at home. They impressed the hell. They've been good all year. But to go into Baton Rouge, and I know it wasn't at night when Death Valley gets a little worrisome, but they went in there. And they opened that up, and before you knew eight minutes of the game, Brian Kelly looked like he was going to have a stroke on the sideline. He could not believe what was happening in that game. Tennessee recovered the fumble. I think it was on the opening kickoff. They took it right down. They scored on him. Hendon Hooker played great football. I don't care about the numbers. Winning matters. They were fast at the wide receiver. They, they, they use that Josh Heupel running game. He has athletes. He had good production at UCF. They don't have one of those backs. If you look back at that UCF team, none of those runners are in the pros. They have receivers in the pros, but they don't have running backs. And those running backs at Tennessee are much better. That running game is better. Right. Alabama doesn't have the secondary that it used to in my book. Right. Hooker is athletic enough and fast enough to deal with the pass rush. Yeah. I don't yeah. think the pass rush will bother him. And I think that Tennessee offensive line can give Hooker just enough time. I love the balls here. I, I mean, it's going to be good. I want Bryce Young in the game from a fantasy perspective, from a fan's perspective. Right, right. I want Bryce Young in that game. Let's go, baby. I want to see it all, but I like the volunteers here. Absolutely, man. Jabari Small had a wonderful game. He played, he's a good back. Yes. Man, he, good back. A wonderful game, man. 22 carries, 127 yards, and two touchdowns against LSU, who's not a bad defense. If no, LSU not. has anything going for them this year, it's their defense is not bad. They've kept them in a lot of games. Right. Unfortunately, they didn't keep them, they weren't able to keep them in the game. Against Tennessee, Tennessee just kept coming. They kept coming. They kept coming. They were too much for the Bayou Bengals in that game. So, uh, definitely, this is one to watch. Oklahoma State, TCU, TCU still undefeated. Oklahoma State still undefeated. Listen, if you listen to us on the Ankle Biters podcast, we'll tell you, Big 12, stop playing defense. We want to see <laughs> – Fireworks in this game. We want to see Max Dugan doing what he does or what he's been doing all year. We want to see Quentin Johnston doing what doing what he did last week, not mm -hmm. what he's been doing all year. What he's been doing mm -hmm. last, last week. week. <laughs> we want to see Spencer Sanders. I know Owens doesn't want to see Spencer Sanders ball hogging around the goal line, but we want to see offense in this game. Guys, what do you think about this Big 12 matchup? Shootout. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a shoot. Out, du uh, man. Listen, Dugan Sanders. It's gonna be a duel, man. It's, they gonna go at him. I, I, they might be 40, 49, 45. It might be fifty three to forty nine. It, it's gonna be a shootout, man. I don't see no defenses. Either one of these defenses stopping this offense, man. Because Dugan can do use his legs to, you know, gain yards, and so can Sanders. So it's. I just don't see. Any defense is stepping up in this game. They're going to stay home in the bed, man, go to sleep. 
It's going to be our offense in this game, man. <laughs> Mr. Long, sir. I mean, I have to agree with you. I'm looking at the over-under 68. My gut instinct, it's early in the week. I think that over-under will rise. I wouldn't be surprised surprised if it's 71 by, you know, Saturday morning, Friday night next week. I think it's going to come down to which quarterback makes less mistakes. What Does one of these quarterbacks turn it over three or four times with fumbling and or interceptions? Because we both know in the past that Spencer Sanders and Max Duggan are capable of coughing up the ball. Now, this year they have not. I give them all all the credit. But if one of these two young men come on and make those mistakes, but I'll say the one difference maker that I can see right now in this game, Kendra Miller, the running back of TCU. I don't think Richardson is as good as Miller right now. I think Miller, if he can get 100 yards on the ground, I think the Horn Frogs will win this game. That's a wonderful observation because he's really come on the past oh, few weeks. Yeah. And, he's, and he's really really solidified himself as a viable option on the uh, TCU offensive side of the football. But Mississippi State and Kentucky, this is, a, this is another top 25 matchup. You got Mississippi State just coming off the drumming of who they just played, uh, Arkansas, just absolutely took Arkansas behind the woodshed there in Kentucky (laughs) coming off their first loss of the season. How do they bounce back against uh, South Carolina? I mean, just with the absence of Will Levis, what does this – I mean, what's his status like going into this game? How does this this, 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 uh, Wildcat defense, how do they deal with Mike, Mike Leach? And his wide open pass happy offense. We know they're very capable of dealing with them and making them throw, you know, 65 passes for 230 yards. We understand this. We know this. We've seen it before. What does this game look like at the end? Who do you guys got in this game? I'm going to go with the better quarterback we know will be on the field. That's Will Rogers. Right now, Will Rogers is playing great football. I think he's got 23 touchdown passes or maybe 21, something like that. And He's been playing great football. And you know what? They have a nice combo at running back. Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson. If you look at their fantasy points, I was looking it up. They've combined for around 200 fantasy points in PPR leagues. The problem is it's a committee. Dylan Johnson is a little better lately. He seems to be getting the goal line carries, and they've involved them more in the passing game. We know they're going to spread it out to the wide receivers, so it's hard to predict which one's going to go off any week, even though um, Caleb Ducking looks like he's the best. But, man, they can go to anyone. And look, is Will Levis okay? That's just the hardest thing about being a college football fan, right? Do we really know the extent of Will Levis's injury? You know, we don't find it. We heard rumors, right? The birds were chirping. Levis isn't going to play. Levis isn't going to play. Sure enough, he doesn't play, right? Yeah. The, 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 you, I mean, you, you spoke about the running game. It's shocking to me, Dylan Johnson had 17 carries for 100 yards and two touchdowns. This mm-hmm. is an anomaly in Mike Leach's offense. Right, right. Yeah. This is ridiculous. 
I mean, yeah. it, this, this is the type of thing that makes you pull your hair out because you're thinking, oh, we've got something here. We've got something here. Actually, you really don't. Next week, you'll have eight carries for seven yeah, yards. Right. Yes, right. and nothing right. else. And nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> nothing <laughs> else. So you've got to pay attention. You've got to know your system in, in college fantasy football. That's it for our week seven preview. We move into our CFF content of the show with our start and six sit segment. You guys already know what time it is. With that, start and sit. We start one one running back, one quarterback, a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And the goal is to not be so obvious. You know, I want to start uh, start C.J. Stroud. We know that. We know you're going to start C.J. Stroud. The goal is to help guys in deeper leagues or if you're in those two quarterback leagues, three quarterback leagues, as some leagues are becoming more of, you know, because there's 130 plus teams in college fantasy football. And so you want all the goodness that you can possibly handle. So most leagues are multiple quarterback leagues. Um, Every league is multiple running back league. But who's that sleeper? Who's that guy at any one of these positions that no one's looking at? That's what we're intending to hit. That's our focus right now. Owens, who you got at quarterback? Who are you starting this week? I'm running with Mr. Frank Harris versus Florida International. Florida International has the 86th pass defense in the country. And Frank Harris has been lighting it up as of late. He only had one passing touchdown last week, but he had one on the ground, 61 yards and a touchdown against Western Kentucky. Um, I am starting Frank Harris with confidence this week. Mr. Love. All right. I am going with Nicozy Perry of the Florida Atlantic Owls who's quietly having a really good season. If you have not seen him, he is the number 17th ranked college fantasy football quarterback out there. And in his last, just look at these game logs for total points. 33, 37, 11, one stinker, 36, 50, and 25. And Cozy Perry is a very good college fantasy quarterback. He has found his groove if you need, and he's playing Rice this week. Did I repeat? He's playing Rice this week. They're at home. I like him, Cozy Perry. Yeah, he threw that stinker in there real quick. Yeah. He slipped it in stinker, there. Right? <laughs> he slipped it in there, unbeknownst to those that are paying attention. Listen, <laughs> I've got to go with Chevy Cordero. The man is hot right now. This is a sneaky dual threat quarterback. For San Jose State Spartans, the Duke just come off an amazing rushing game, rushing performance, 14 carries, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. Did Shevin Cordero have 18 of 27 in that game, 230, two touchdowns, no picks, no turnovers whatsoever. He gets Fresno State, a struggling Fresno State. Right now they are without their leader, uh, Jake Hayner. Right now, what do they look like? I think it's affecting them on both sides of the football. So I got to go with Shevin Cordero, man. Again, the dude is starting to heat up the last couple games. I think they're trying to establish themselves as the team to beat in the Mountain West. Got to go with Shevin Cordero. 
quarterback for the Spartans. Owens, who you got at running back? I'm rolling with Dwayne McBride from UAB versus Charlotte. Charlotte has the 119th run defense in the country. And UAB is a team that likes to feed their star running back. The guy had 28 carries um, a couple weeks ago against Georgia Southern. 27 carries versus Rice. He only needed 12 carries last week to go 120 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> oh my gosh, this guy's fantasy gold, man. He's going to tear Charlotte up. I know we said we're doing not so obvious, so we're going to forgive Owens for that one. <laughs> hey, man, listen. <laughs> we're going to forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Well, I'm going to go with the freshman's sensation that isn't being talked about. And what a group of freshman running backs we have in the country right now. If you haven't noticed, Jaden Ott of California has been spectacular. He's in the top 20 of all CFF running backs this year. And why do I like him? He plays the Colorado Buffaloes. They surrender 294 rushing yards a game. 16 touchdowns this year on the ground. And believe it or not, Jaden Ott is still available in 44% of fantasy leagues. If he's on the waiver wire, pick him up. If he's on your roster, start him against the Colorado Buffaloes. Absolutely. I will do that. I've got him in a couple of leagues. And best believe me, he will be <laughs> no hesitation whatsoever guys i've got to go with cj beasley he is the man in the backfield for the chanticleers that would be coastal carolina everybody else is hurt or they, they 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 are inexperienced he's the guy he's coming off a wonderful game against um ul monroe 15 carries 115 yards two touchdowns he does catch the ball out of the backfield for all you PPR heads. This week on the docket, he gets Old Dominion, who is 129th in the country against the run. I think they continue to feed him to continue to press forward with their undefeated record. I've got to go with CJ Beasley in this one against Old Dominion. Owens, who you got catching the football? I'm rolling with Jacob Cowingman out there in Arizona. Versus Washington. Now, Cowing, he did not have a good showing last week against Oregon. He only had six receptions for 77 yards. He lost a fumble. Um, and so he's still a man out there in Arizona. Washington, 122nd passing defense in the country. I think Cowing has a nice bounce back game this week. Start carrying with confidence against Washington. I'm going with my man, CJ Johnson of East Carolina. Now, two weeks ago, we had 50.7 points against South Florida. Last week against a, a tough Tulsa squad, and East Carolina lost this game. He only ended up with 14 points, but that's not awful. But if you need a flex wide receiver, C.J. Johnson is available in 60% of leagues, and we just saw Memphis. They got burnt by Houston late in that game. They should have won that game on Friday night. I can't believe they let the Cougars come back on them. 
I like East Carolina at home against the Tigers. Start C.J. Johnson with confidence. That's wonderful. Listen, I've got to go with my guy Sam Wigless. The Wigs, my man Wigs out there from Ohio Bobcats. Listen, if you didn't know, if you didn't get the memo, Curtis Rourke <laughs> is throwing that football all over the field. Little brother of Nathan Rourke, who was a dual threat. Curtis says, you can have the dual threat ability. I'm going to toss this sucker all over the field. And the primary beneficiary of this is Sam Wigless. This guy is has been wonderful since they hit Mac play. He's got 16, uh, six catches, 115 yards and a touchdown against Kent State. And then last week, seven catches, 144 yards, two touchdowns against Akron. He gets Western Michigan this week, 102nd pass defense in the country. Listen, with Curtis Rourke throwing his ball all over the field and him not hesitating to do so, you got to go with Sam Wigglins at wide receiver. Owens, who you got at tight end? I'm going to roll with Joel Wilson from Central Michigan. He is playing uh, Akron this week. Akron's not too bad. Uh, bad. He's the 58th in the country. Um, Joel Wilson is just a consistent tight end. Um, average about five to six catches a game. Um, he had scored a touchdown in every game except one, which was last week. Uh, so I will, I will trust Wilson man against Akron this week. Um, he's, he's not like dominating, but he's he's averaging running around 15, 16 fantasy points a game. Uh, so be confident in starting Joel Wilson this week versus Akron. Earlier in the show, I mentioned how good Quinn Ewers looked, and. This Texas team is loaded on the offensive skill positions. And I don't know if people have noticed, Jatavian Sanders, the tight end sophomore, is playing out of his mind. Remember, they brought in Jaleel Billingsley from Alabama. The young man can't, can't get on the field. I mean, I could be wrong. I haven't seen him. He might be dressed, but I don't see him on the field, man. You're and not wrong. Last... <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. He hadn't been out there. Yeah. And the last two weeks, Jatavian Sanders has scored 48.9 fantasy points, scored four touchdowns, and as long as the Longhorns have Xavier Worthy and Bijan Robinson, Sanders is going to be in some optimal mismatches starting this week against Iowa State. Wonderful. I'm going to go with Luke Schoonmaker. Tight end of Michigan. Schoonmaker just sounds like he's ready to block you up into the third row. Not only is he ready to do that, he's ready to run you over. This guy has 24 catches in the last three games after previously having two catches in the first two games. Something happened. Something clicked. Something switched. Somebody said something. There's a focus right now. Where they, they look like they're trying to get this guy the ball for the Michigan Wolverines. He's got Penn State this week. I don't think it matters. But again, this guy had 10 targets the last game against Indiana. Indiana's not a pushover defense. He had 10 targets, nine catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. I'm going to start Luke Skinmaker. And guys, that does it for the start. There's a flip side to that coin, as I always say. You've had, you, you, you have to sit 
part now that we got to look at. This is the most controversial part because people want to disagree with us when we say sit this guy. And they're like, no, I don't want to sit him. I think he's going to do well. And we could be wrong. We could be right. Do with it what you please. But we're going to give you some names that we want you to consider sitting, warming those hind parts on the bench next to Coach Owens. Who was that guy for you at quarterback? I'm going to go with Kyle Van Treese from Georgia Southern. You know, you look at, you might look at that. Oh, Georgia Southern is playing James Madison. You may not know anything about James Madison. You may think that there's a little pushover team right there. Listen, Van Treese has been throwing it hard. He's getting close to 50 attempts a game. But James Madison, surprisingly, number 12 pass defense in the country. The boys can play some defense out there, man. Stay away from James Madison, man. Mantrese is going to struggle. Last week, he threw for over 350 yards. Had three touchdowns, but he had four picks. Ooh, four four picks. picks. That's horrible. <laughs> That's he throw touchdowns right up. Yeah, yeah, eat them touchdowns up. <laughs> like I said, he throw for a lot of yards. He throw for some touchdowns. But listen, James Madison, man, the boys play some defense. If you listen to me, I'm telling you, stay away from James Madison, man. You may not know who they are. Do not mess with James Madison. Sit Ventries down. I'm going to sit Anthony Richardson. I can't take the roller coaster ride. That is Anthony Richardson. You can go one week with eight points, next week with 34. I can't take it. Give me 24 points every week and I'll try to win in another position. I'm done. He's got talent. I don't like the talent around him and he's too inconsistent. And did I say they're playing LSU? Coming off a loss, I'm going to bench him. No problem. I'll live with the decision. Absolutely. I'm going to go with Garrett Schrader, quarterback of the Syracuse Orangemen. He gets NC State this week. Garrett Schrader's strong suit seemed to have been his legs. And I know NC State will target that area of his game and make him a pocket passer. I'm not saying that he can't do it because we talked earlier about the wonders that Robert Anai has worked with this guy as far as the passing game. But I think... NC State comes in, in this game with the focus and with the mindset of let's see how real it is. And I think they shut off those running lanes and they make him use his mind and they make him beat them reading the defense. Not sure that he can do that with a defense that can defend the pass well. I've got to go against the judgment of those who want to start Garrett Schrader in this game. And I'm going to say sit him sit him down, and look elsewhere in this game. Owens, who you got running a rock? Boy, I'm going to take some heat for this one. I think I'm going to roll with Chase Brown, man, from Illinois. I don't like it. I'm <laughs> sitting him against Minnesota. Listen, out of nowhere, Minnesota has been dominant on defense. I mean, them boys is shutting people down. And Chase Brown is one of them running backs who they like to feed him the ball, gets at least 20, 
20 to 20, 20 to 30 touches a game. And he, he's been over 100 yards every game this year, I believe. The guy is, is showing out. And he's dominating the, dominating the ball, one of the best running backs in the country. But he is facing this Minnesota defense, who's number four against the run in the country. Very stingy, very stingy. I think you can find a better running back to start in his place. Not saying he, you're not going to get anything, but I think you can find a better running back that's going to give you better fantasy points than Chase Brown will give you against Minnesota. I'm going to go, and this might be low-hanging fruit, but he's one of my favorite backs to watch. I know he's been at Temple and now Vanderbilt, so you're not going to get that big, sexy four-touchdown game with 150 yards rushing. He's very consistent in good matchups, right? 90 to 110 yards rushing, one, maybe two touchdowns. But the Commodores play the Bulldogs this week. My man, Raymond Davis, I'm rooting for you. I like having you on my fantasy teams, but I ain't playing you against the Georgia Bulldogs, man. I just think this is a bad spot, so I'm going to put down Raymond Davis. I agree with both of those. I got to go with the sensational freshman, Nick Singleton. Nicholas Singleton, sir, you've got to come here and sit by coach. You had a season-high 21 carries the last time you played, which was a couple weeks ago. You've been on a bye week this past week. That was against Northwestern, by the way. You get a very, you get a more capable foe of shutting you down and giving you problems in the running game in the Michigan Wolverines. And I know the freshman has been awesome and people will be tempted, but I say you need to, you need to control that temptation and just go ahead and bite the bullet. You've got to sit Nick Singleton in this game against Michigan. I think they key on him. I think they 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 make him realize that college football is completely different than high school football. So I gotta sit. <laughs> oh, you okay? I gotta sit <laughs> Nick Singleton in this game. Only <laughs> catching the football. Oh man. Grant the bowls, man, from Charlotte. Man, the guy get the targets, man. He get the targets out there, Charlotte. Um, he's facing this UAB team. It's 20th in the country against the pass. Um, he had a bounce. The Bulls had a bounce back game last week. Uh, previous week, he had four catches for 60 yards. That was against South Carolina. You know, you don't really expect that much against them from, you know, when they play a, a power five team. But... This UTEP last week, he bounced back at 13 targets for six catches for 55 yards and two touchdowns. Awesome. Awesome. But I think UAB slows him down enough uh, to, to put him on your pitch this week. So I'm going to sit Brent Bowles this week against UAB. I'm going to sit my aforementioned Caleb Ducking of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I mentioned it with um, Anthony Richardson. I can't take these roller coasters, man. 24 points, 7 points, 28 points, 9 points, 15 points. And the matchup against Kentucky, if Will Levis does not play, the only prayer that Kentucky has is controlling this clock 
limiting the amount of throws that Will Rogers has. You want to grind this down. If the Wildcats snap the ball with more than two seconds left on the clock in any play, I will be stunned. You've got to grind this thing down as much as you can. So I just think the pass attempts will be limited. Receptions will be limited. Ducklings on my bench. Yeah, if Levis doesn't play, man, C-Rod should have north of 30 carries. 30. <laughs> Easy. Easy to slow this game down. I like that one. Listen, I got to go with um, Will Shepard. I didn't realize this guy was 69% on the wide receiver for Vanderbilt. Uh, John Locke mentioned earlier the uh, matchup Vanderbilt versus Georgia with Ramon Davis, Ray Davis. I got to go with the wide receiver, Will Shepard, who's not a bad wide receiver. He, he's had one bad game all year, and that was against Alabama. Georgia's a better defense. So if you guys, and he's 69% on, so all 69% of you that have him, you're going to want to sit him this week unless you're in an SEC only league. <laughs> that would be the only excuse that you would have for starting Will Shepard. He's not going to slip up and catch a long one for, for 60 yards for a touchdown. That's not happening in this game. This guy is coming out of there with three points or four points this game. You can do better. 130-plus teams look elsewhere. Owens, you got a tight end? You know what? I'm, I, I'm not going to mention my tight end uh, that I was going to say uh, because it's not very owned by many teams on a 27%. Okay. So I'm not even going to mention it. All right. Mr. Lobb. I have one tight end, Tanner Kozel of Ball State, who I wrote about and featured him last week uh, in my sleepers column. But UConn, surprisingly, is pretty good at defending the pass and the tight end. Morris turned around this defense here. He's 6'7", 230-pound freshman. I think they're going to shut him down again. I'm going to put Tanner Kozel on my bench this week against the Huskies. I agree. He burned me this past week. Ah, oh, he did me too. He burned <laughs> he me burned real me. good. I picked him up in, yeah. I think, three leagues, and he burned me in all three of them. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, again, I mentioned you, actually, in the episode with, with uh, Brian. Not Brian. Brandon Sanders. Yeah. Because UConn had just beat Fresno State last week. And I said, John Lobb must be popping bottles somewhere. <laughs> I was at the game. I was so happy. You, yeah, you kind of shut, pretty much shut Fresno State down. Yeah, Jordan Mann looked like, he looked like a freaking waiver wire guy. Yeah, <laughs> I in know. That game. <laughs> he didn't look good at all. But yeah, UConn's playing good ball right now. I don't have a tight end either. And so that would be it as far as our um start and sit segment we'll get back to some things in a minute but we're going to pause right here and shift to our iowish segment this is a fan favorite this is the opportunity for us to blow off some steam john you are familiar if you remember with the iowish segment it's the opportunity to blow off some steam some things you wished would happen, some things you wish you could do, you wish you would see, you wish you would stop seeing. 
whatever it is that you want to get off your chest, I see Owens, he is primed. He is ready to get some things off his chest. I've got some things to get off my chest, too. And that's what the Irish segment is for. It's a venting piece. A venting segment. Again, a fan favorite because they like to hear us rant about things. And I understand that because I want to rant about some things. It's the only opportunity I get to really kind of punch the air, if you will. <laughs> so, yes. Owens, are you ready? I'm so ready. Are you ready? I, hope I am, ready. my friend. I am ready for this. Let's go. And I was shut off. I wish, I wish every quarterback, except the ones I own, of course, except yours, stop hauling the ball at the end zone. I mean, it's first and goal, second and goal, third and goal, from the two, from the one, the three. And y'all decide to pull the ball out the belly of the running back and hog it, and you want to get all the glory. I'm a mention, Spencer Sanders. Stop it. <laughs> Just get the ball to Richardson, let him go in there and score a touchdown. Listen, Kevin Rising, stop it. Hand the ball off to Taylor Thomas and let him score. You're a traitor. Stop it. Hand the ball to Tucker and let him score. Listen, y'all being cute. It's going to come back to bite y'all one time. <laughs> All this pulling the ball out the belly. You're going to get sacked. You're going to fumble. They're going to pick it up and run it in for a touchdown. Stop it. We're trying to win fantasy here. We got running backs, high-powered running backs in the game. We see first and goal, second and goal from a three. We rubbing our hands together. We getting excited. Ooh, our running back about to score a touchdown. No. Why? Because y'all <laughs> pull the ball out the belly, and y'all want to get all the glory. Stop it. It's getting on my nerves. Please quit. Again, except the quarterbacks that I got, of course. Y'all can hog it. But everybody else, stop it. <laughs> Mr. Judge, sir. Well, first, you know, running backs got to get paid, too. So let them get some touchdowns. I agree with you on that. They got to feed their family also, man. Right, right. right? <laughs> they, they need a little cash. Yeah, they got to eat, too. They got to eat, too, man. <laughs> so what I'm going to say, I'm – I'm going to go out on a limb there. I love SEC football. But you know what? I wish that Georgia and Alabama are not in the championship game. How wonderful to see Tennessee versus Old Mississippi. New blood. Josh Heupel. Lane Kiffin. We got new quarterbacks. New running. Just something different. Just something different. I know it's not astronomically almost impossible. But I'm wishing that Tennessee runs the gauntlet in the East and that Mississippi somehow beats Alabama for the West and we get Mississippi and Tennessee for the SEC championship game. That's my wish. It would be so much fun. 
that would be awesome. I'm talking about that would be awesome. And would be fitting for the way that the year is going, no doubt about it. Listen, this is what I wish. I wish that I can get a sit down with Brent Venables and Jeff Levy. I wish they would look me into my eye and tell me what was the logic behind Davis Bevel lining up at wide receiver play after play. What's the logic? What's the, I mean, what are you intending to do? Everyone in the building, 90 plus thousand and all of the millions that were watching knew good and well, the guy was just out there. At that point, you are screaming, we do not trust you, Davis Bevel. So if you don't trust him, then why have him in the game? Where is Nick Evers? Is he disabled? Where is General Booty? Make a booty call, as Nate would say. Shout out to Nate. CFF Nate. Do something other than run Davis Bevel out. Play after play at wide receiver to just stand there and when they hike the ball, stand up straight. Come on, man. You got to do better than this. Give me a one-on-one. I need to hear somebody's answer. I need to hear the logic behind this stupidity. I'm coming with you. You want to come with me? I'm we can go together. I want to know. Myself. There's strength in numbers. There's strength in numbers. There's strength in numbers. <laughs> yes. I want to look at them in the eye. What were you thinking? What was the plan? What was the plan? My voice is messed up because I was screaming at the game. I was at the game in the stands screaming my head off because I wanted to know what was the intention? What was the goal? What were you trying to accomplish? What did you think that you would have? Let me calm down. I I feel you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Moving right along to stash and trash, guys. Um, stash and trash is a segment where we stash sleepers, sleepers, sleepers to help you, especially in dynasty leagues. So this more has a dynasty feel to it, a dynasty focus, because you're really not stashing guys in redraft. You might because the playoffs is coming up and now is the time you, we, we, because we've hit the halfway mark. And so what we're doing right now is you want to establish yourself, yourself as a playoff contender. And so sometimes, as all of us on this podcast know, we've done this long enough to know, the championship is not really won during the draft. It's won off the waiver wire more so than in the draft. Yes. And so you want to stash some guys, especially because we are getting into conference play. And this is what you're going to see for the duration of the season is conference play. So you're getting same on same, you know what I mean? You get, you're getting the same kind of competition there. And so you get an accurate reading of value for the rest of the season when you're looking at the waiver wire. So this is why stash and trash is very important and can be valuable to anybody that could uh, manipulate what we're saying here to your advantage. So stash, we're going to stash one running back or quarterback running back, wide receiver and tight end, and we'll trash because you've got to cut the dead weight. 
of the guys that are not producing. They're not doing anything for you. They're just taking up a roster spot. And so you've got to get rid of them. And you got to hit that waiver wire hard. And so who do you got, Owens, at the quarterback position? Who are you stashing? Who are you keeping? Who's that guy that's under the radar for you right now? Man, we mentioned this guy last week on our last podcast. Curtis Rourke from Ohio. Tone, they're not listening to us, man. We're telling people to grab this guy, pick him up, and stash him. They're not listening to us, man. He is only 26% owned. It's shocking to me. It's shocking to me. Travesty. Unbelievable. I mean, he is lighting it up out there in Ohio, man. He's doing his thing, throwing touchdown passes all over the place, man. Every now and again, he uses his legs to get rushing touchdown, but Man, he was lighting it up out there at Ohio, man. And his schedule, we're talking about getting getting ready for the playoffs. His schedule is juicy. Money. Stretch. Oh, my gosh, it looks really good for him, man. If you're trying to win it all, you have got to pick up this guy, man. Curtis Rourke from Ohio, man. He is going to lead your team far, if not deep, into the playoffs, man. Look at this schedule. Please pick up Curtis Rourke. I'm going to go if, if Notre Dame started 0-2, and, and I think a lot of people wrote them off. They've won three straight. Their schedule isn't impossible. It has some bumps in the road. But Drew Pine, go get him. This young man's playing good football. I believe he's won all three games. He has a 9-2 to touchdown to interception ratio. He's averaging 7.9 yards per throw. He's not really a dual threat, but if you want consistency from eight from 20 to 25 points with some tasty matchups coming up, I like Drew Pine of Notre Dame a lot. He scored over 30 points the last two weeks. Go get him, everyone. Stash him on your roster. Wonderful. I've got to go with Chevin Cordero. I mentioned him earlier in the podcast. Quarterback for San Jose State. They're getting into conference play. And, again, I think they are trying to establish themselves as the team to beat. And I think they're doing it on the arms and the legs of Shevin Cordero, the Hawaii transfer. The guy is a legitimate dual threat quarterback. Again, coming off of a game where he had 14 carries, 109 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. But he did deliver 230 yards and two touchdowns in the passing game. So he is a real dual threat. And, again, they're in the meat of their conference play. And his uh, playoff schedule is stupendous right now. It is wonderful. It is glorious, if I should say so for myself. So uh, if I were you, I would stash this dude. Seven Cordero, quarterback for the San Jose State Spartans. Owens, who you got at running back? Oh, my gosh. Brendan Brady from UTSA. Listen, man, this guy is only 15% on. 15, 1-5. <laughs> Unbelievable. He is, the, he is the workhorse out there at UTSA. Listen, he's putting up some nice numbers, uh, good quality fantasy points, but he is getting ready to get into this conference play. Man, if you look at the schedule, oh, my gosh. Let me read it to you. Florida International, 97th against the run. North Texas, 74th against the run. UAB, 90th against the run. 
Oh man, uh, Louisiana Tech 96 against the run, Rice 78 against the run, UTEP 75th against the run. Oh my gosh, Brendan Brady, brother, you about to eat. You're getting ready to eat. <laughs> Pick up Brendan Brady, man. I'm stashing him. <laughs> I like it. All right. If you're like me, you love Maction. And we are in Maction season, everyone. And there are so many Mac players on the waiver wire still. It's mind blowing. I'm going Samson Evans, the senior running back, 60218. This young man is smoking hot in the last four games 90 yards, 122 yards, throughout a stinker with 52, but 258 yards in the other game. Look at Eastern Michigan <laughs> in the MAC. They're going to run this big boy, they're going to run him until his wheels are off. This is the last year he's on campus. Go get yourself some Samson Evans. Nice, because they have established the fact that they want to use him yes. quite often. I got to go with C.J. Beasley, running back of Coastal Carolina. I mentioned him earlier. Listen, Braden Bennett's been hurt all year. We haven't seen him a lick of him all season long. Reese White, we don't know what's going on with that situation. Everybody behind C.J. Beasley, none of them are good enough to vulture carries away from him. He's the guy right now in the Chanticleer offense. C.J. Beasley running back for the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. The guy, 15 carries, 115 yards, two touchdowns. Week before that, 12 carries, 64 yards, one touchdown. That was that was a weird game against Georgia Southern, but against Georgia State the week before that, 25 carries, 142 yards. So he's capable of being a workhorse type back. He's capable of carrying – the ball, 20-plus carries a game. You see that in the Georgia State game. And I think that the way this offense runs, I I, I just think he's 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 relevant. And he and 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 he's 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 gonna become more rele- relevant, in my opinion, in this offense in the coming week, especially in this next game against Old Dominion. Marshall, new to the Sun Belt, you know, they present a true problem there, but after that, it should be good, of course. In the semifinals in week 12, he gets Virginia. You don't like that. And he gets JMU. But that's going to be a big game. They're going to need him in that game. So I think you should stash C.J. Beasley in that game, running back for the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Owens, who you got at wide receiver? Man, I'm going to roll with Jalen Lane from Middle Tennessee State. Um Man, the guy, he does it all, man. Kickoff return, punt return. But listen, man, this guy the last couple games has had 30 targets. Can you hear me? 30 targets in the last two games. They try to get the man the ball as much as – trying to get the ball in his hands in as many ways as possible. Um, his schedule coming up, man, is beautiful, man. 77th. Um, this is just this is different teams. West Kentucky seven seventh against the pass. UTEP ninety first. He was on the Tech hundred ninth. Charlotte hundred twenty sixth. Florida Atlantic hundred twenty fourth. Florida International eighty ninth against the pass. Man, oh my gosh, Jaden Lane! If you're getting 16, 15 targets a game, brother, you talking about eating? He's getting ready to eat too. I'm going to go back to the Mac. I love the Mac. Let's go Sam with Glues. I know you mentioned it earlier, Tony. I'm all in. Here he goes last three games. 10, 6, and 7 receptions. 
He's got over 300 yards receiving, three touchdowns. Curtis Rourke is hot. It's an easy schedule. You mentioned his playoff schedule. Give me that dual. Give me that wide receiver quarterback combo in a in a in a flex position. Sam McGlues is the guy you want right now. I like it, man. Yeah, because Curtis Rourke is hot right now, and he's looking for this dude first mm-hmm. option. Listen, Kent State. If you didn't know, is an offense you should be looking at. I know you weren't paying any attention to that in the offs uh, in the uh, non-conference, and for good reason. They're trying to make money in the offseason. Oh, not I don't know why do I keep why do I keep want to say offseason? In the non-conference, they they're trying to make money, and they did. They got their brains beat in, and they made a lot of money. They did get their brains beat in. <laughs> they got their brains beat in, and they made a lot of money. Conference play started. Okay, we've made our money. Let's get started. <laughs> Colin Slee, superstar quarterback for the Kent State Golden Flashes, he has two guys that he's looking for all the time. Yep. Devontae Walker is one of them. Yep. The other one, you may not even think about. He may be gone already in, in Dante Cephas. But Walker. Devontae Walker is 14% on. Again, Colin Slee is throwing it to – he is throwing it to one of those guys almost every time he drops back. Wow. This past week, Devontae Walker had 15 targets, 11 catches, 159 yards, two touchdowns. They're in the middle of Mac play. It's going to get real here, folks. It's going to get real. I don't think you can go wrong with either one of these wide receivers, the way that Colin Slee is distributing this ball. You got to pick up Devontae Walker and wide receiver. Who you got at tight end on? Um, I don't have a tight end, actually. All right, I'll add then, if you didn't see Maryland, and there probably wasn't a ton of people watching Maryland-Purdue, they have a young tight end named Corey Duchess. And why do I mention him? Corey Duchess now leads the team in receiving yards at 322, receiving touchdowns with three. He has 22 receptions, which is second on the team, and he averages 14.6 yards per reception. Did I mention that he is a tight end? He's a 6'4", 220. He's a tweener. He's not really, he's not an inline blocker, nothing like that. He's athletic. You can line him up wide, but the beauty is he counts as a tight end on fan tracks. That's all I care about. Go get Corey Duchess. Nice. I like it, man. Listen, I'm going to go with Luke Schoonmaker. I mentioned this guy earlier in the podcast, tight end for the Michigan Wolverines. This guy has 20 catches in the past three games. He's He's got about 24 targets in the last three games after being only targeted twice in the previous or in the first two games and only catching it twice in the first two games. Something was said. Somebody looked at something. 
something was rearranged. There was a uh, something went on to where they said, we've got to get this guy the football. Week three, eight targets, seven catches. Week four, six targets, four catches. The previous week, Indiana, 10 targets, nine catches. There is a focus to get this guy into the game plan. It doesn't hurt you any to 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 stash this guy because I, I promise you at tight end, you've probably got a guy that you are not happy with right now. And so what I would do if I were you is I would drop that guy that you're not happy with, the guy who's unproductive, the guy who you thought would get you, uh, you know, some, some points or whatever, and he burned you. Drop that guy. <laughs> and try Schoonmaker. The guy just sounds, again, he sounds like he's ready to run you over. Who doesn't <laughs> want a tight end whose name is Schoonmaker? Schoonmaker. <laughs> who doesn't want that guy? So Great there name. it is right there. Yeah, yeah. There it is right there. So we've got our statues right there. Who are we trashing? Um, Owens, again, mm-hmm. it's just that time of the season where we got to start doing something with some of these guys. Right. You know what I mean? You want to, again, you want to make room for roster spots. Mm-hmm. You you are positioning yourself right now. We're going into week seven. You're positioning yourself to be a fantasy playoff contender. Right. You So you've got to make room, which means you've got to get rid of some guys. It may hurt because, you know, you're thinking about draft capital and you're thinking about, this is my guy. I've been waiting on this guy to get off all season, and the dude just isn't getting off, and he hasn't been getting off all season. Probably not going to get off all season. And this is where, you know, this is what separates the men from the boys, is being able to make those hard decisions. Owen, you're clipping some dudes, you're touching some dudes. Who's that dude at quarterback, man? I don't I'm like clipping. this one. I don't like what you're about to say, but you got to say it. Yeah, but you're going to have to clip him too. Listen. <laughs> Anthony Richardson out there in Florida. This guy, no, no. 97% on. He's still 97% on. Listen, I'm going I'm to I'm 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 put this into perspective. When you go to Fan Tracks and you click on quarterbacks and you go to all and give you a list of all the top quarterbacks in the in the league right so when, show them how to do Anthony it. Richardson is on page four <laughs> oh, page four that's ridiculous what you're doing way back there man and you still 97 percent on what are you doing doing way back there listen he just come out of here he played missouri listen he played missouri i gotta advocate for my dude i can't just let you slice him and dice him i don't care how good he is you come out there with 10 fantasy points (laughs) 10 listen (laughs) 10 1-0, you come out of the, this game with 10 fantasy points, and you're a quarterback. What you going to You going to still hold on to this guy? 
come on, man. You got Anthony Richardson. You got a ten points, man. All right, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm dropping, man. You just got to go to trash, man. You just got to go to trash. <laughs> On page right, four. Mike, <laughs> my trash guy. I can't even believe the malfeasance. How they ruined this offense at Virginia. I knew there was regression. I understood they weren't going to score 40 points a game. But man, did I think they were going to be pathetic? This is incredible. If you have Brennan Armstrong on your team, you're doing it wrong. You don't know how to play this game. Get him off your roster. Just (laughs) cut him. He ain't worth it, man. He ain't worth it. That boat has sailed long ago. It long sailed with, ago. When, when, when Robert and I said yes to the Syracuse job. Yep. That's when that boat sailed. We didn't know it. We were kind of debating, you know, when Tony Elliott get his hands on his offense, yeah. what would it look like? Yeah. And we're seeing it. This is exactly what we thought. We weren't sure. We were like, well, maybe Brendan Armstrong is really that good. But no, man, Tony Elliott comes in and just rips this thing apart. This is reminiscent of Kevin Sumlin and how, and, and, or not how, but what he did with Khalil Tate. Just, just yep. messed the man completely oh up. God. I mean, just stripped him completely of his fantasy value. He was fantasy yeah. gold prior to him showing up. And now look at him right there. Guys, I got to go with Donovan Smith because the writing is on the wall. They start the freshman quarterback in this one, Baron Morton. I think it's all over but the crying for Donovan Smith. <laughs> I think he's done there at quarterback. He had a wonderful run of a few games right there. Many of you started him in those games. You may have got some production out of him at the quarterback position, depending on how your league was set up. But for the most part, as of right now, I think you got to cut all the ties with Donovan Smith. I think he's done. I think it's over. Finito. It's it's, it's over. You're not going to get anything out of him moving forward. It's either Baron Mort, which is the future of Texas, Texas Tech, or it's Tyler Shuck. I know John Lobb doesn't want to see Shuck. He want to see him over there on the sideline in street clothes. I'll take you with that one. We're not going to see Donovan Smith get on the field unless something traumatic happened other than that you gotta you gotta you gotta cut all ties with donovan smith or so you got a running back man i am gonna go with titus swin out there in wyoming man my man is still he's still 97 percent home and listen first game of the of the year he played northern colorado did all right. 15 carries, 76 yards, and three touchdowns. Okay, all right. Good fantasy output. Play Air Force the week after that. 19 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown. All right. Decent output. And then it get real. It gets, it gets real after that. 20 carries, 78 yards. That's it. No touchdowns. Against BYU. Against San Jose State. 17 carries, 61 yards. No touchdowns. Against New Mexico last week. 16 carries for 50 yards. That's it. Bruh. Do you have to play Northern Colorado every week in order to be fantasy relevant? Man. Bruh. 
This this is it got real for him. We're in conference play now. Listen, it, I'm ready to throw him in the trash, man. He got Utah State this week. I don't see it happening, man. Oh, they're going to fight you for this one. They're going to fight me. <laughs> but when you look at these numbers, I promise you they lost when they put him, when they started him against BYU. I promise you they lost. They lost <laughs> when they started him against San Jose State. And they lost when they started him last week. I promise you he got them beat. I promise you. <laughs> Mr. Lyle, <laughs> always gonna start a fight in here. <laughs> I I just can't believe the amount of energy, research, film watching, discussion in Debbie, Dynasty, draft prospect, college fantasy football. Tank Bigsby is not it, people. He is not it. You are not winning a playoff game with Tank Bigsby. You might not win any other games for the rest of the year with Tank Bigsby in your lineup. I hate to say it, this team Auburn is falling apart. They are bad. Bigsby is just an asset that is getting wasted. He might have to transfer to reignite his draft status. I mean, would you draft him as an NFL team right now? Based upon what? Get him off your roster. There are plenty of backs better than Tank Bigsby. That's a hard pill to swallow too, man. It is hard, but. It's hard, but it's true. It's like that castor oil. You gotta take it, man. man. You gotta take it, man. It's like apple cider vinegar. You gotta do it. Just you gotta, gotta do, do it. it. <laughs> you gotta do it. He has been so inefficient oh. and, and unproductive this year. It's no question. There's no right. fussing. There's no debating. It's over with for, yes. for, for Tank Bisbee. I gotta go with Anthony Grant. The guy was lighting it up at the beginning of the yes. season. Yes. And then he started hitting some bumps in the road. And he seemed to get back up against Indiana with the carries and the production, the usage. And then Rutgers came, or they they, they went to Rutgers, and it didn't look good. But the remainder of the schedule, it's just brutal. Oh, yes. Purdue has a wonderful defensive line. I think they're going to lock him up. Illinois plays good defense, surprisingly, second against the run. They're going to lock him up. Minnesota. Owens mentioned them earlier. Good defense. They play good defense. Locking him up. Michigan. You're not getting anything there, brother. Wisconsin. I mean, ever since they got rid of Paul Christ, what I think was a bad decision, they looked better last week. They're not giving anything up. And then championship week against Iowa. Bro, you can hang it up. I don't like, I, listen, I don't like his remaining schedule. I think this guy goes into CFF or what John Lobb would do on another show, used to do on another show, the negative zone. I think this dude is in the abyss of the negative zone. Looking at his competition coming up and his relevancy and what's at stake. The playoffs, you've got your eyes on the playoffs. You can't use him in any of those games. None of them. 
I'm done with Anthony Grant. I want to you guys. I, I I got Anthony Grant on my team, and I'm listening to you. He is going to hit that waiver wire this week. He is out of there. I'm listening. He is, I'm not going to fight you on that one. He gone. He's gone. <laughs> Listen, the wide receiver I'm going to drop, man, I'm trashing, is Mac Hippenhammer. From Miami of Ohio. Listen, I like Mac, but you're right. He was a hey man. The guy was supposed to come in, be the man. He had a good start to the season, but oh my! It's his quarterback. Yes, yes, quarterback man. I, you can't use this guy. You can't. He is putting up get you beat points right now. There is a fantasy points he's putting up right now. Get you beat fantasy points. That's what you want to stay away from. You can't give me no eight fantasy points, no nine fantasy points, and a zero and expect me to win. Come on, man. I am putting Mac Heppenhammer in the garbage disposal. This one saddens me because the irony here is Tiger Lord Bola, eh. uh, the, 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 the younger. We, we call him Little Tua on this podcast. All right. Little Tua. Little go. Tua. He's actually playing pretty good football. His numbers are all right. I cannot believe how bad Rakeem Jarrett has. I was a believer. I liked his high school tape, liked his high school grades. You know, he ended up going to Maryland when people were shocked, myself included. He looked good at times last year, thought he was taking a step forward. He looks like he is a junior varsity eighth grader out there right now. He is just outright bad. I had him on five of my 10 teams. I cut him on three of them last week. He is getting jettisoned on the last two this week. I am done, done. I can't do it anymore, man. He's out of here. I feel you, man. The way they distribute the ball, you just never know. Oh, never you know. know. You just never know. There's so much inconsistency there. Except, I mean, it's, it's every position except for the quarterback. Except for the quarterback. The running backs, they're getting seven to nine carries a game. You don't know if it's going to be Littleton, MB. You don't know what the case is. And then the wide receiver position, you've got Jared. You've got uh, Demas. You've got the guy from Florida, Copeland. And you got Jason Jones. You don't know what's going on. Right. It's just, it's, it's, when it gets like this, wash your hands, baby. Yeah. Because there's no clear cut. They can get you beat on any given week. You can put this guy in the game thinking he's going to get nine catches for 150 and he gets two catches for eight yards. Yep. And now you're mad. Yep. <laughs> you, yes. want, you want to stay away from that. Listen, yeah. at wide receiver, I've got, the Fresno State wide receiver room. As long as Jake Hayner is out, this wide receiver room and offense, for that matter, is irrelevant. Yep. Ever since Jake Hayner went out in the third quarter of the USC game, this offense has been atrocious. They've been ridiculous. John Lobb's Yukon Huskies has feasted on this team <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Because of the absence of Jake Hayner. Yep. Listen, what is his name? Fife or Fife? Uh, uh, File? Fife? 
Five foot is like that. He may be a, 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 a phenomenal young man, a wonderful student, an outstanding person in society, but he's not, he's he locks this offense up. And this offense has talent. They have receivers. When Hayner was in his bag, this offense was ridiculous. I mean, Jordan Mims was lighting up P5 teams. You had Cropper. He's going by Moreno Cropper now. You've got the other wide receivers there just lighting it up, getting loose, doing what they do. But ever since Hayner went down, this offense has plummeted. And so until he's healthy, I've got to trash this wide receiver core for Fresno State. Owen, you got a tight end? No. I do yeah, not he... have a tight end. He no. doesn't. John Lobb does. I have my friends. How excited were we for Michael Trigg in the summer, man? Yeah. Playing with Blake Kiffin, Jackson Dart's teammate at USC, four-star recruit. He had three touchdowns in the spring game where you were like, man, this this young man is everything. He yeah. can't catch a goal. I don't even know. I don't even know if the lunch lady threw him a biscuit. If he could catch the biscuit right now, I have no idea what that man is doing because he ain't catching passes and he ain't producing fantasy points. You got to get rid of him. Listen, no doubt about it. Listen, if you if you're gonna fight us on that, you don't know what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, oh, I trashed him. No I trashed him last week. Oh, I yeah. trashed him last week, y'all. On our yeah. podcast, I trashed him last. Week. There is no argument. There's no debate for this. Listen, no I gotta go with yeah. I, I, I at tight end, I gotta go with Bryson Nesbitt. The reason why I'm going with Bryson Nesbitt because this guy is still 62 percent on. Why? <laughs> why is he still 62 percent on? Listen. Between him and Morales for this Tar Heel offense, you do not know which guy is going to get the, the lion's share of the targets where tight ends are concerned. You have no idea. I don't know why he's still 62% on uh, out of the skill positions for North Carolina. Josh Downs is the most owned, and second, it's this guy. It's this kid. Why? What is he doing that makes you value his skill set so much that you feel the need to keep him on your roster? Why? Last game. One catch, 22 yards. That's it. Have a nice day. <laughs> you lost. You lost. I mean, he ate Virginia Tech's lunch. Four catches, 98 yards in the touchdown. But prior to that, one catch, 23 yards. Game before that, two catches, 16 yards. Lost. Both of them. Game before that, three catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown. So he has two touchdowns on the year through five games. The inconsistency is too much for you to handle. At this point in the season, you can't be playing around with iffy stuff because you want to set yourself up for the playoffs. And depending on how your league is formatting, depending on the format of your league, this is not time to be hoping a guy 
no, gets involved. No, that's over with, man. You've got to go with what you know, what's been established already, and wash your hands of everything that's inconsistent and everything that's an enemy of consistency. You've got to do that, and I know it's hard to do, which is why you know people don't like the sits part of the segment, and they don't like the trash part of the segment, because we got our guys, man. We just like our guys, and that's understandable. But if you want to win, you got to make those hard decisions. Right. You got to make those hard decisions. And that's it. We got to make a decision right now, a hard decision, and that is to end this podcast because it's been so wonderful. We've kept John Lobb for almost two hours, and this man has to go to bed. Yes. <laughs> he has to go to bed, and we strategically scheduled this episode out of respect for Mr. Lobb's time. We understand his schedule and uh, what he prefers. And we want to accommodate that as much as we can. Didn't mean to make this two, two, two hours, but you get to talking college fantasy football, man. You're bound to go sometime. Right. You're bound to go sometime. But it's been wonderful. Uh, Mr. John Lott, please, sir. OG, please tell the people where they can find you and where they can find your work before we get out of here. First gentlemen, thank you, man. Third year in a row. I love coming on your show. I love to talking college fantasy football with great people. You two are great people. Have a great podcast. I appreciate it. Please follow me on Twitter at GridironSkull91. I couldn't afford the A and the R, so it's GridironSkull91. And all my college fantasy football work is up on fan tracks. If you play there, you probably read the articles. Hopefully you know it's me. If not, now you know it's me. But I look forward to interacting with everyone. And thank you once again, my friends. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. This is the guy. Everyone yeah. who's playing college fantasy football, you're playing on fan tracks. Because right. That's the only platform that affords us this glorious opportunity. So if you on fan tracks and you're exploring, John Lobb is the guy who writes the articles. Of course, he has a colleague now, but he is the primary guy that does the work over there for college fantasy football for fan tracks. So you got to read all his articles. You got to look at the sleepers. You got to keep right. up with him on Twitter, all of that good stuff. He's pouring out information on a consistent, I'm talking about pouring it out like a fire hydrant. Right. right. You got to get hooked up with John Lobb. He's one of the guys that you, listen, it's a must. It's non-negotiable. You got to get right. hooked up with him. That's it for me, for Mr. Lobb, our guest. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate you. Again. We're so honored for having you. Yeah. Owen, is that it, is, 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 is that it that for is you, it, sir? Man. That is it. We're just an honor again, Mr. Lobb. Thank you again for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us in the community. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Absolutely. That's it for me. That's it for Owens and Mr. Lobb, our guests. We'll see you next week. We are out. Peace. Peace.